athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Got it locked into another edition of the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. Glad to be back. It was my wife and I's 20th anniversary celebration. We went to Hawaii on last week. Had an absolutely wonderful time. I've been to Hawaii since like 1990. And so we ended up. Uh, one day we ended up actually going to Honolulu, which I've forgotten. Or really, I guess I had forgotten how really city-like Honolulu was. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 an absolutely tremendous place. We actually took <laughs> we actually took the bus, um, the uh, city bus, from the airport into downtown, where they have all kinds of. I mean, just all kinds of shopping. We actually ended up staying. So that was like a day trip. We went from, we actually stayed in Kona, Hawaii, right on the Kona side. And then you have on the other side of the Big Island. Uh, I shouldn't say on the other side. In another part, I should say, of the Big Island, you have a, um, you have a place called Hilo, which is m- much more urban. Right, it has a nice little downtown, so there were some things to kind of do there. We stayed on an, a magnificent resort right on the ocean. It was fabulous. But I'm gonna say this: like I did a lot of walking. Like I kept in shape. A lot of times you go on vacation, right? And and I and I worked out a couple. I mean, I, I, I so I don't. I'm not gonna say I like to work out. I don't dislike it at all. I just like to keep in shape. You know, keep my blood pressure low, keep my sugar low, keep in some kind of shape and so I went to the uh, uh, to the not the spa but to the weight room if you will or the workout room a couple of days but we so where the main entrance was where you go and park your car and to get to our to our place so you had to walk I mean the 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 property was huge with everything was on the property restaurants uh, shopping uh, again, right on the ocean, pools all over the property. There were like three different properties. The main property where you park your car. Then there was a, another property that was a little bit further down. And then we were in the last property, which was the furthest down. Well, like I said, I mean, even if I didn't work out, I would have kept in shape because I think maybe one day we may have stayed sort of uh, on the property solely just for one day, the other seven days or so, we were kind of out and about. But to get from our room 
to where our car was was no less than a 12-minute walk. No less. So that's, I mean, it was really about a mile. It was almost a mile, right, to get to the car. By the time you get to this, to where the, the hotel is on the initial or the main property, then by the time you walk down the steps and walk to your car where it may be, I mean, you've done a mile. I mean, you've done 15 minutes by that point. You've done a mile. Okay, now, they did on the property have like, a, I wouldn't call it a tram, but it was it, the, 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 the form of transportation was in like a tram shape, right? And uh, I mean, I guess it wasn't the slowest moving thing I'd been on. I mean, it was it was certainly air conditioned and inside and all of that. It was it, it was it was convenient, but it probably only took off maybe four minutes, which I guess was OK. It took off four minutes. And some of the days we came back having been out all day. I mean, we were just tired. So it was great to actually catch of the little tram that they had. But I'm going to tell you what, if you haven't been to Hawaii, it's a great place. I mean, if you want to have it, 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 the reason I, I mean, I liked Hawaii already and wanted to go, but you don't need a passport. That's the great thing. Like it's a, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a long travel. As a matter of fact, we ended up going from RDU stopping off in, uh, let's see, Dallas, then from Dallas to LAX, and then from LAX, we ended up going to Hawaii. And that was still like a five-hour flight. So it's not, I mean, it's not short by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but very well worth it. The people were great. No, we didn't do a luau. We, we decided not to. We decided in luau, get it in luau of doing a luau, we decided to actually uh, take the 45 minute flight um, from uh, where we were in Kona to Honolulu. Again, only 45 minutes, so it was great. Honolulu was absolutely tremendous. Got to eat some some of the shaved ice. Oh man, uh, the food was solid. It was it was definitely solid. We it was a place where we were in. I think in while we were still in Kona, or, or not even in Kona, we had gone somewhere. I forget. We may have gone to a waterfall or something. That was maybe, I don't know, 30 miles from where we were staying. And uh, we ended up getting some like homemade food off the side of the road. The, the ratings were really great at this place. Uh, there We just had a blast. The food was decent. And we had a blast celebrating our 20th anniversary in Hawaii. So a lot, a lot sort of transpired uh, in between the last time we talked here on the program so and by the way game one of the NBA finals between the Celtics and the Warriors already in the books and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the program so coming into this series I think it goes six games and I think the Warriors are going to win the series in six games I mean I just think that when you're talking about the Warriors. You're talking about a team that is experienced. The Celtics have played well, no question about it. Able to knock off the Bucks, able to knock off the Heat. And by the way, we're going to talk about that Heat and Celtics game, Game Seven in Miami. A lot of controversy in that game, and I mean, I want to talk a little bit more about that. But the Celtics did what the Celtics, and of course, defeated the Nets in the first round. So the Celtics did what the Celtics needed to do to get to this point. And 
that gets you some experience along the way because the Celtics just played in the Eastern Conference Finals, not only just playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, but winning the Eastern Conference Finals. But there's nothing like playing in the NBA Finals. So that's another level that while Golden State has been removed from that level for three years now, the last appearance by the Warriors in 2019, when ultimately Toronto defeated the Warriors, a Kawhi Leonard-led Toronto and Kyle Lowry-led Toronto uh, Raptors defeated the Golden State Warriors. Of course, Kevin Durant went down with the Achilles injury for the uh, Warriors. Had it had it been different, had Kevin Durant been healthy, especially you're talking about three years ago. And by the way, I mean, I, 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 it's just a lot I want to talk about today. Like I want to talk about people still talking about Kevin Durant and his legacy. Uh, Steph Curry, whether he, if he wins this championship, does he become a top 10 player? And I, and by the way, I wouldn't understand, even if, I, I wouldn't know where to put him in the top 10. That's number one. Number two, how would he leapfrog Kevin Durant, in my opinion? But th- again, we can talk uh, more about that a little bit later on in the program. But again, getting back to the Celtics and the Warriors, you know, I look at the Warriors, again, three years removed, that's fine, right? But this is a team, and, and I mean, if we're honest, if we're honest, let's go back to the Warriors series against the Grizzlies. I mean, you could have had a situation where the Warriors were up at one time, 3-1, to one, Memphis won uh, game five to make it 3-2, to two, and then the Warriors closed it out, but uh, at home. But I mean, the Grizzlies could have easily, and by, and John Morant was, you know, had it wasn't necessarily a hundred percent, you know, for about half the series. It could have easily, the Warriors could have easily been down three games to one. So it's not like the Warriors have not had sort of their, some of their own trials and tribulations throughout the course of their march uh, to this NBA Finals. I mean, they they've had you know, some times that have made them tougher as well. But you're talking about a championship team, the core of that team still there. Uh, When you're talking about Klay Thompson, Stephen Curry, you're talking about Green, and then even Looney. I mean, I look at Looney. Looney's been big for the Warriors throughout the course uh, of these playoffs for the Warriors. So you talk about the three plus one still from the 2019 or even the, not even the 19, but the runs that the Warriors made, and that's hard to overcome if you're the Celtics. That's why I have the Warriors winning this in six games. Um, I think that the Celtics have the ability to get it done. We've seen what the Celtics can do defensively, and the old adage that defense wins championships, for me, just doesn't fly when you're talking about the Golden State Warriors, you're talking about two prolific shooters. You're talking about, um, uh, uh, you're talking about, you know, Andrew Wiggins, who is been really. I mean, we've been waiting to see this from Andrew Wiggins since he came out of Kansas in the draft several years ago. He's had shown some flashes, but this year with Golden State put it together, made the All Star team, and then. He's had a solid playoff run. You know, you talk about the bench play and how deep uh, 
the Warriors are as good as the Celtics are defensively, and they are a good offensive team as well, are the Celtics. I just don't think the Celtics have enough, not enough defense to me to be able to stop the Warriors. Now, if the Warriors miss shots, that's one thing. To be able to stop them, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, we could have said the same thing about what the Warriors were, uh, what the Celtics were able to do to Kevin Durant and the Nets. I just think, and they they play. It's just a different ball. It's just a different situation. You have a prolific player and scorer in Kevin Durant, but then you also have on the other side uh, a a Golden State team that is more of a team than is the Nets. So it's a different scenario for the Celtics I like the grittiness of the defense obviously I, I really like Jason Tatum I, I, I you know he's becoming more consistent not as consistent as I would like to see from him but he's definitely becoming more consistent but again I have all I, I really do have the Warriors in six games still to come here on the program I'm gonna have thoughts on game one between the Celtics and the Warriors take a look also at game two, Sunday's game two, plus the legacy of Steph Curry. Is he, I should say, if he wins the title and the NBA Finals MVP, will he be a top 10 player of all time? Plus why Miami should possibly be in the NBA Finals opposed to the Celtics. The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries, so there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars, and it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 802-317-1987. 802-317-1987. 802-317-1987. That's 802-317-1987. 
ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you and take it slowly, ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you and make you yeah. want me. Now that I escape, sleep, walk away. Back here on the program, you can join us. Via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W. We're going to talk about game one of the NBA Finals in a little while. I, I got to go back. I got to go back to last Sunday's game between the Celtics and the Heat. Game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's, it's interesting. I'm watching the game. And, you know, Miami is, matter of fact, Miami may have, Miami hung around a, a little bit. And at, at if you remember early in the third quarter, Struss made a three-pointer, right, that I don't, I don't remember. I think Miami may have had the lead at the time or I, I don't exactly remember. But then all of a sudden, the three-pointer was retroactively or was taken off of the board. So three points came off from the heat because it was determined that Struss actually stepped on the line, right? So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, and if, I don't know if, you, if you've listened to this program for any length of time, you know I'm not a fan of replay at all, at all. And I don't know whose replay is worse whether between all of the sports, uh, even in college football, like we've, you know, I think with, I I don't know, in in not just college football, but college basketball also. I don't know who has the worst replay. I mean, I think to retroactively during the course of the game take points off the board is to me is kind of Bush League. If you're the NBA, it's Bush League to me. I mean, this is professional basketball at its highest level. And we're taking off points during the course of a game. By the way, I had a chance. You know, I, I, it looked to me like he did, in fact. And I, and I get it. People want to we want to get the calls right and all of those kinds of things, right? When I went back and looked at the tape in slow motion, in slow motion, of course, you can always go back and look back. I thought even when they showed the replay at the time, of while the game was still going on, I thought he was out of bounds. You go back and look at the video. Did his heel come all the way down? I mean, I still thought so. Heard a lot of talk about this. People didn't think so. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, if in a scenario like that, if you want to, you know, if we want to have the challenges, like, again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I am an opponent. I am a big opponent of instant replay. I think it, while you want to get the calls right, I think it takes away from the game in some respects. I think it takes away from the human element of the game. I mean, yeah, we can go back to the Rams, you know, and the Saints in the NFC Championship game going back some several years ago. I mean, that was just erroneous. By the way, let's not forget the Saints still had an opportunity to win that game and did not. Still had an opportunity on that drive and did not capitalize. So we got to take that into account. But if you have something that's egregious, erroneous, something along those lines, 
I get it. But even in the course of the game, let's say the referees totally missed it and he definitively stepped out of bounds. We're now taking points off the board in the middle of the game uh, or changing the score as if this is not the NBA or not professional basketball at its highest level. Like, I totally disagree with that. Um, I mean, I, I disagree. I mean, I I guess the call was right from my perspective, but again, we're still not 100%. I think it has to be definitive in order for points to be taken off the board. That's the thing about it. Like, it, I think it was, right? But, I mean, if you look at it from different angles, if you slow it down exactly, I mean, does his foot really, his heel really hit the line? Are we sure, extremely sure about that? And we can talk about the flow of the game and does one, you know, miss call or in this case, taking three points off the board decide a game. I mean, you know, you if if the game flows, flowed the same way as the game did with those three points taken off the board, then it definitely hurts the Heat. Why? Because the Heat would have been up one point at that time. You count that three-pointer. Everything happens the way it was supposed to have happened, or as it did happen in that ball game from the time the three-pointer was made on. At that time, the Heat lead by one. It doesn't mean they're going to win the game, but it means at that time the Heat leads by one point. Okay? Maybe things could have been different if if that three is counted some other kind of scenarios could have happened throughout the course of a game to make the game different um i i just think that um i, I just don't like replay uh for these reasons um because that was not in 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 specifically in this case it was not definitive as far as because i could look at it from a different angle and say well i'm not really sure if his heel definitively hit the out-of-bounds line, although I think it did. Taking points off the board in the course of a basketball game is just plain wrong. It's Bush League. And, you know, again, even with replay, like we're replaying, we didn't even stop the action, right? It's not like they said, okay, we're going to stop the action and and take a look like they do in college basketball, which I cannot stand that. we'll, We'll stop play and go back and see. You know, if if this happened, I mean, I think we can be selective about replay. I think we can. I think it's where replay sits in all of sports. It's it's an all or nothing proposition. It's either we review it and we review, you know, uh, uh, not 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 something like the example I gave with respect to the Saints and the Rams going back a couple of years ago, with which was egregious. We can review something that's minute or something, so we are reviewing it all, or we review nothing. I would prefer, my preference would be to review nothing. Get rid of instant replay. I can, I can call to, I mean, you can, I can give you an argument on every, on almost every play as to why, and, and the outcome of that play or the outcome of the call or the outcome of the replay or the outcome of what 
the officials decided because of replay. I can I can argue almost every time why it should have gone the other way and why we need to get rid of replay. But obviously, we're not going to do that. They're looking for more ways to, you know, enhance replay. But I just think it's Bush League uh, for the NBA to take points off the board throughout the during the course of a game after a three had already been made. And by the way, was his heel truly on the line? Also speaking about that Miami game, because now, right, if all things happen the way they were supposed to happen, everything plays out in that same way, then we're not talking about Jimmy Butler's pull-up three with the heat down two. I think it was, how much time was it? It was within, I think it was within a minute of the game. I mean, I thought, I liked the, I liked Butler's pull-up. Um, I had no problem with it in the course of the game. If you remember earlier in the game, uh, maybe right before the half, he did. He had a similar shot that went in, right? And you could argue, could he have taken it to the basket? Would it have been better to take it to the basket? Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe he had a better one-on-one situation. Jimmy Butler is a great finisher. Uh, to, he is one of the game's great finishers. In other words, Talking about finishing through contact, getting those and one calls. He's one of the best in the game. Maybe he could have gotten one of those calls. He had a one-on-one, uh, a one-on-one situation. He opted to pull up for the three. He hit a shot like that a little bit earlier in the game. So I had no problem with that. Uh, the Heat didn't. I, I would argue. The I would actually argue that the Heat lost the game more based upon the the three-pointer early in the third quarter that was overturned than the pull-up three-pointer that Jimmy Butler took and ultimately did not make. I would argue that cost the Heat the game more. Jimmy Butler had a really good game. Uh, you know, he, he, he had a really good last three games, maybe the a little bit inconsistent uh, when you talk about the course of the series guy can play pulled up have no problem with it I'm sure nobody on the heat had a problem with it you're going to live and die with that guy especially what he gave in game seven what he gave in game six as well and even in game five um, I don't think anybody on the heat had a problem with that shot but again to me the heat losing that game was more because I would say was more because of the three points that was taken off the board because of whether a heel was on the line or not opposed to Jimmy Butler's pull up Steph Curry's legacy up next. You're listening to from the press box to press row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. And that's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I would say representation is it's not a request. It's a requirement, and I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for Black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the granite stage them all and and be able to create history. It's just it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, 
and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to it. <laughs> Man, you know what it's good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other than common. Well, I ended up in FAM just because I wanted to major in business. And FAM, you had the illustrious school of business. Then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up-close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melogs. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Went to Salem State where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row, real relevant radio. 
All right, so a lot of talk during the course of the week, and there's always going to be some talk leading up to an NBA Finals, all right, especially that we had, well, Golden State had been off for quite some time, and then there were still, uh, what, four games in between uh, Miami's, or uh, excuse me, the uh, Celtics went over Miami until Thursday when we had game one of the NBA Finals. So it's always something to kind of talk about. Uh, and a lot of the talk, and I, I like to I like to listen to um, different sports talk shows, uh, especially national shows, and uh, not necessarily. I mean, I, I'll I'll listen to uh, what the host has to say, and you know, I may agree or disagree or whatever the case may be. I definitely do that, and I like listening. So one of the hot topics of conversation prior to Thursday was Steph Curry's legacy, and if Steph Curry and the Warriors win the NBA title this year and Steph Curry gets an, a finals MVP, would he then vault into being a top 10 player of all time? Now, let's think about, let's think of, and see, a lot of times I think we get caught up in a prisoner of the moment type of situation. I mean, I talked about what going back a couple of months ago about the, the NBA 75th anniversary and the top 75 players of all time. And some of the players that I thought should not have been on that list. And then some of the players um, that maybe should have been on that list. I think it, you know, to me, yeah, if I've got to rank 75 players, then, then yeah. But I mean, maybe there aren't 75 players, at least for me, I don't. And again, you know, I consider myself, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I'm in my the, the latter part of my 40s. You know, I've seen a lot of NBA basketball, mainly through the 80s. I came up really watching Showtime. And even before the Lakers and the Celtics, I mean, I remember some of those really good teams, like the Dallas Mavericks had good teams. I mean, the Pistons were sort of right there towards the latter part of the 80s. But, I mean, it's some of the, you know, the Denver Nuggets. I mean, there were some really good teams in the 80s the Houston Rockets had some good teams, right? The Twin Towers. Like, there were some really good teams in the 80s at the 76ers, right? And we talk mostly about the Lakers and the Celtics and more so about uh, the Lakers because the Lakers won, what, four championships in the 80s and uh, won back-to-back -back championships. So we talk about the Lakers. We talk about the Celtics, right? Right. But, I mean, for me, when I'm looking at that top 75 list, like, they're not 75 players to me that I would say are all-time greats. I mean, if you – and there's a difference between 75 players being all-time greats and the greatest 75 players of all time. To me, I mean, if I had to rank uh, 75 players, sure, I can do that. But, I, I you know, I don't – I think, you know, we got to be careful to me about how we talk about all-time greats. In that vein, we talk about Steph Curry, and even if he wins this championship, would be the fourth championship for Steph Curry. Say he gets the finals MVP with all he's done, the points he's averaged, all of that uh, throughout the course of his career. And again, I don't necessarily, I mean, I think in, in some contexts, when you're comparing players, you do look at stats. Again, for me, you know, when I'm talking about pro sports, I'm not really talking about the numbers in terms of points. And I may talk about championships, certainly. May talk about all-stars. 
may talk about a lot of different things, but in terms of actual points, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more than I normally would, but I'm still going to look at the eyeball test and the legacy that you've left. There's no question about it that when Steph Curry's career is all said and done, and I think he's still got, you know, five great years left in this league because he is probably the greatest shooter of all time. I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, I think you'd have to say that. I mean, we always talk about all time. I haven't seen everybody play, right? But I mean, I think if you're talking about, and again, I look, I, I go back and look at footage of games from back in the day. I do that a lot. And I study the history of the game of not only the NBA, but really all sports and, and, and uh, specifically pro sports. I study, I study the game, right? It's no doubt that Steph Curry, once it's all said and done, would have left a legacy, okay? He's going to have left a legacy. But I'm not going to sit back and say that Steph Curry is a top 10 player of all time. Absolutely not. Especially not now. Now, this is the thing. I think you have to wait at least when we're talking about greatest, well, you can you can say he's one of the greatest players of all time right now, and once he's done playing, you definitely will be able to say that, right? But if we want to rank a player and say, okay, he's top five, he's top ten, he's even top twenty-five, I think you got to wait, maybe even in excess of ten years. I would say twenty years to really start to compare, okay, where guys are in terms of top five, top 10. Could it be where he sits? Uh, and let, let's be specific about this thing. Could it be that where Steph Curry sits, uh, and, and again, let's just, let's just say he wins one more, the championship this year, NBA Finals MVP. Okay, and... He doesn't do much more. In other words, maybe no more championships. He still continues to play at a high level. In 20 years, even in 20 years, could I rank him as a top 10 player of all time? I can't do that because in, you know, in, I mean, in no particular order, if I had to have a, a 10, right? I mean, I got to, you know, I got to go Jordan. I got to go LeBron. I got to go Kobe. I got to go Magic, right? I got to go Wilt Chamberlain. It's got to be in that list. Um, I mean, that's just five. And I'm trying to talk, you know, talk it off the top of my head. I mean, uh, you know, is is Bird in that top 10? I mean, you know, possibly. I mean, you know, Bill Russell. I mean, it, there's so many guys that you can really name. And I can name, I know I haven't here, right? But I mean, I, I, this is just kind of off the cuff. I, I'm not, I don't have any... Notes of, you know, top 10 players and all those kind of things right in front of me. You know, I mean, I, I can I can talk about Tim Duncan, right? Three, you know, through it, three, four championships. I mean, what he what he was able to do. I mean, there's so many great players to me. Steph Curry's not one of the top 10 players of all time right now. And I would say that if he even if he wins the championship, NBA finals MVP going down because 
those seven or eight players that I mentioned, and there's you know, probably I would say seven more at least I, that I didn't mention that would be top ten players of all time, cannot be a prisoner of the moment because a ma- you know, a Magic Johnson and what Magic Johnson was able to achieve. Kareem, I mean, Kareem's got to be in that list, right? The great, I mean, the greatest, the, the top scorer that's ever lived, although LeBron most likely is going to break that record. But, I mean, you're talking about six-time NBA champion. What did, what did he win? Six MVPs? Like, anytime you're going to say, okay, you have someone that's a top 10 player of all time, you got to take, if it's a list, you got to take somebody out of the, I tell people that all the time, right? When we release our All-America teams, right? And, you know, you'll have someone that says, well, such and such, should have made it. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe he should have, or maybe she should have, but tell me who you're going to take out. And that's the same situation here. Like who am I going to take out of the top 10 to put Steph Curry in? I'm, I, I can't do that. I, I'll give him the crown of greatest shooter of all time, but a top 10 player, no. And it's interesting because we talk about, could Steph Curry be a top 10 player of all time? Well, you know, to me, to me, the only current player that really could be in that category would be LeBron, right? I'll, I mean, to me, and you, we can say what we want. You can say whatever you want about Kevin Durant. You can say, well, he left Oklahoma City to chase rings. Well, you know what? To that, I would say, do you want to be Charles? I mean, it's no disrespect, but I mean, do you want to, you know, a Charles Barkley, a Carl Malone, you know, a you know one of the great players, an Elgin Baylor, right? One of the great players to ever play the game and never win an NBA championship. Do you want to be that guy? And it wasn't a situation. I, I hate that we have to, because I think, I guess, really, part of KD's legacy is going to be the fact that he that he left OKC to go go to to join or to go to Golden State. That is de- to, to a team that had won 73 games the year before, one of the greatest teams, at least in the regular season of all time, based upon strictly wins. I mean, if you want to say strictly on the wins, then it's the greatest team of all time, 73 wins. And you, we can that's part of his legacy, no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think carried is sort of a strong word. I don't know that he carried the Warriors to those two NBA titles, but he was key not only in the finals throughout the course of the playoffs, but in the regular season as well. That's why, especially in the finals, he was named the finals MVP twice, and it wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. You talk about KD's career. I believe he's led the league in scoring four times throughout the course of his career. He's had a couple of in excess of 30-point 30 uh, 30 point averages uh, in a season, a couple of those. But he's a two-time champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP. He's won three gold medals with two, Team USA think it's not too strong a word to say that he carried and I watched the Olympic team two year uh, last year in the Olympics not too strong to say he carried that team 
to the gold medal. He did have a little bit of help in the la- maybe in that in that last game with uh, from Jason Tatum. He carried that team. Your international play means a lot. And when I saw, I'm like, man, this guy. So you want me, who I don't think KD is a top ten player. I think he may be the he may be the greatest scorer we've ever seen. Maybe again, prisoner of the moment. Let's talk about this in some years down the road. But to me, and even the history of the game, at least from my own eyes, and I've seen a lot of basketball in person. I've seen Magic play in person. I've covered LeBron playing. I've covered greatest scorer, and I've seen him play in person too. And Steph, greatest scorer I've ever seen, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. And I wouldn't put Steph ahead of KD, who I don't have in the top 10. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. We're back here on Box to Row. If you want to join in on the conversation, hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. In the last segment, talking about the, a bit about the legacy of Steph Curry. Would he be a top 10 player all time if the Warriors were to defeat the Celtics and Curry was named finals MVP. And I don't think he's, I mean, again, as I mentioned, I mean, I think with a lot of these guys, other than LeBron, you have to look at this thing in a contextual matter over a 20 year period or 20 years after a lot of these guys retire with the exception of LeBron. I think LeBron was, is, was, is still continues to be, so great. I mean, again, he's 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 more than likely going to be the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. He is a what four-time champion. Um, I mean, he's he's done. I mean, what you know, MVP of the league, NBA Finals MVP, 
multiple-time All-Star, multiple-time All-NBA, multiple-time All-NBA defense, right? Now, let's talk about the Celtics' 120-108 to victory over the Warriors on Thursday. And I still, listen, in, in the beginning, I predicted that the Warriors would win this thing in six games. Listen, there is still opportunity for that to happen. Give Boston a lot of credit in this game. I mean, I thought Boston played exceptionally well. Not so good in the third quarter, but Boston played well in the second quarter and the fourth quarter, specifically outscoring the Warriors 40-16 to in a dominating fashion, dominating performance in the fourth quarter after being outscored 38-24 to in the fourth quarter. I look at this game and we can talk about, I mean, this, I mean, first of all, it was, it was really a three point barrage. I mean, both teams just knocking three pointers down from all over the place. And, and that it was really a lot of three pointers in the first half. And then uh, it continued throughout the course of the game. A lot of times you'll see teams kind of go cold. I mean, how about Al Horford? I mean, I look at Al Horford and there were a lot of heroes in this game, by the way, Okay, Jason Tatum didn't play particularly well in this game. I thought he settled for a lot of jump shots. And Jason Tatum is no doubt one of the top 10 players of this league. uh, One of the the young stars of the league. There's no question about it, but he's he's he can be inconsistent at times. He had 12 points um, in the ball game, but I thought he settled for I think he I don't know. I think he may have been two or two of 12 or three of 12, three of 13, something like that. But I thought he settled for way too many jump shots, okay? When you're a guy like that, you've got that kind of size, you've got the ability that a that a Tatum has, you got to take the ball inside, get those easy buckets and, come, and then come back and step back outside, gain that confidence. He continued to take threes. Most of his threes that he took were wide open and the Warriors were content with giving him those threes. But I thought Al Horford had an, an excellent game. Jalen Brown, now... A lot of times we talk about Tatum and how great Tatum is, and Tatum is great. Brown is is great too. Brown has some greatness as well. And this is also the thing about Brown. He's way more consistent. His, his consistency is way more. I mean, he's a consistent player. 24 points in the ballgame. He was relatively efficient. But I'm going to tell you where I really think and we're going to break this thing down, but I, I'm I'm going to tell you where I thought the Celtics really won the game, and that was bench play, right? Look at Derek White, 21 points in the game, hit a bunch of, I mean, he was hitting threes from all over the place. You look at timely buckets by uh, Peyton Pritchard, you know, had a decent game. I mean, these guys came off the bench and played well. And then Marcus Smart, was unbelievable, especially Marcus Smart, uh, Smart, especially in the first half. Marcus Smart was hitting threes from all over the place. He was almost not quite match, uh, matching Steph Curry, who was unbelievable, more so. Steph Curry was more so unbelievable from the three-point range, I thought, um, in the first half, not so much in the second half. And th- that's, like, I'm not putting this on Steph. Like, I think... If you look at the Celtics, again, Al Horford played well. Uh, the bench played well. 
Marcus Smart not only played well in the first half, hit up some big shots, you know, in the fourth quarter. His defense throughout the course of the game was really, really good. And then Jalen Brown was just steady throughout the course of the game. So when you have sort of those uh, intangibles, meaning the bench and Al Horford going six for eight from three-point range, that, you know, Jason Tatum doesn't have to necessarily be great, and he wasn't. And I promise you he's going to be better in game two on Sunday. I mean, we, we've we seen this from Jason Tatum. Bad game, good game, bad game, good game. bad. That's how it's sort of been for him, right? But Jalen Brown's sort of that, that that steady guy, and then you get good defensive play from, you know, from, from the team as a whole. And I thought Robert Williams was really, really good um, as well in the ball game. I thought for the Warriors, uh, first half, Stephen Curry was unbelievable. Um, third quarter, uh, you know, he start, seemed to start to get some momentum back. And then in the fourth quarter, not much of anything. Now, you look at the points. I mean, he had 34 points in the ball game. But, I mean, you know, you look at the field goal percentage. And, I mean, the field goal percentage, you know, in, well, not the field goal percentage. I mean, I think he had a decent field goal percentage. But what I mean is in the fourth quarter, he disappeared. And, see, this there therein lies the problem. And that's sort of been the, the, the sort of debate now. There's no Kevin Durant, right? There's no Kevin Durant now. Now, you know, the Warriors should have the better team, and I still think the Warriors will win it in six. And it's Steph Curry's time to shine. And, boy, he put on a show, uh, especially in the first quarter. You know, he had to come back sort of in the second quarter. He had that 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 rest, kind of a long rest. Started out cold, started to hit some shots, started to hit some shots in the third quarter. And then, I mean, it wasn't just him, but in the fourth quarter – the Warriors went cold as a team, right? Clay was good, you know, first half hitting some big shots. Just when you talked about second half and the fourth quarter, didn't give you much. Jordan Poole is, is you know, he's trying to still find his way. I mean, I, he hasn't arrived, right? But, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a solid player, but he's still, I think, trying to find his way. And then on top of that, for a young guy like that, playing in his first NBA Finals, I mean, that had to sort of be a tall task. You know, I thought Otto Porter was solid throughout the game. I thought Andre Iguodala gave you some decent minutes, okay? But, you know, and Andrew Wiggins was, was, I mean, when you look at these guys, I mean, they're solid, but that fourth quarter, being outscored 40-16 to in the fourth quarter, you got to give the Celtics defense a lot of credit. But I also look at, the Warriors, I mean, mostly, it, honestly, it was mostly the Celtics defense and giving the Celtics defense credit. Now, perhaps the Warriors ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. I mean, had, what, in the third quarter, a 15-point lead. But you looked at Boston, and Boston continued to hang around. And as I watched this game, and I watched the entire game, as I saw when a Marcus Smart wasn't in the game, right? Because if you remember, Marcus Smart in the fourth quarter didn't play like the first six minutes. Some of those other guys really played those minutes and did well, more specifically, Derek White. Timeout is called with, a, with about, I think it was about six minutes left in the game. Maybe about, maybe about four, I can't remember, six-minute mark or 
it was Celtics called a timeout. It was at like the four and a half minute mark, right? Had had already regained the lead, put Marcus Smart back in the game. I'm like, okay, I thought that was the right move, even though a lot of times, you know, you can go with the guys that are hot, but you got to go with the guys that got you there. Marcus Smart was a guy that got you there, and, and, and also his defense was tremendous. And once he was inserted back into the game, he did extremely well on defense. Hit, you know, he hit, he hit a big shot. He hit a, if memory serves me correct, hit a big shot late as well, right? So, you know, you look at his play. He's the heart and soul of that team. You know, he gets you off to the really good start, finishes the game with 18 points. It was just a balanced effort and a balanced attack by the Celtics. I'm definitely giving the Celtics more credit then I'm, I'm definitely saying the Celtics took that ball game. They wanted it more. They were more high energy in the fourth quarter. I really believe that the Warriors may have run out of gas a little bit there in the fourth quarter, and they're going to have to be able to pace themselves in game two on Sunday. Go back to San Francisco for game two on Sunday. If I take a, a look at game two on Sunday, I mean, I don't know that the Celtics can, can shoot as well as the Celtics shot from the field as a whole and then also from the three-point line. I'm not sure if that can happen. I know it can happen for the Warriors because the Warriors also shot well from three-point range. I think Steph uh, will be fine. But again, the knock on Stephen Curry in the finals has been he hasn't been able to produce especially in the fourth quarter in some of these games. That's only game one, right? So, you know, we, we, we have to wait and see. Only one game. And, you know, again, they're back at home. He's not going to have back-to-back bad games. But at the same time, neither is Jason Tatum. Can Al Horford keep up the pace that he was able to keep up with the six of eight from three-point range. We got to ask ourselves that question. You know Marcus Smart is going to be steady. You know Jalen Brown's going to be steady. Jason Tatum, sort of a wild card at times. I think he's going to have a bounce-back game. I, it's going to come down, I think, to the Warriors and being able to not only be steady in the fourth quarter, but to be able to hit shots unlike on in the game on Thursday. I got to get ready to run here on Box to Row. Very much looking forward to game two of the NBA Finals on Saturday. Uh, Congratulate, or excuse me, Sunday, on Sunday. Congratulations to Damon Wilson. Damon Wilson, of course, the the, uh, HBCU National Coach of the Year, is now the head football coach, the new head football coach at Morgan State. I think that's a big get for Morgan State. We'll talk more about that in future programs. For more information on Box to Row, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support your Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.